0: Hey there. I'm going to go ahead and answer a question that came in recently from Chris. Uh, Good morning. I don't mean to ask a silly question, but is it a sin to have or get tattoos? Thanks, Chris. Well, thank you, Chris. That's, uh, uh, you know, on the one hand, maybe it's not the most theologically rigorous question we could ever wrestle with. But I would say that it's not a silly question because you're thinking about it. And uh, I've been asked this question a number of times over the years. And so I, I, I know it's on other people's minds too. It may be that you have tattoos and you're wondering if it's okay. I mean, am I offending God by having tattoos? Do I need to have them, you know, uh, wiped off or scratched off or whatever happens? I don't have any tattoos, but, uh, do I need to remove them? Or, or if I'm thinking about getting a tattoo, is is it okay to do that? Is you know what does the Bible have to say about this? Uh, so let's take a look at what the Bible has to say about it. Um, matter of fact, why don't you grab your Bible, which as always we hope is at the ready, and let's open up to the passage that I'm certain is the most often pointed to in this regard. Understandably so, because it's the one place in Scripture uh, where there there seems to be a clear reference to this idea, and this is in Leviticus chapter nineteen, verse twenty eight. Uh, where Moses is told by the Lord, you shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor tattoo any marks on you. I am the Lord. So the idea of cutting and marking yourself, and there does seem to be a connection here with the idea of for the dead. At least the cutting portion is clearly spoken of as being connected with cutting yourself for the dead. Uh, As a matter of fact, in Jeremiah, there's at least two, I think maybe three injunctions against cutting for the dead uh, that are mentioned as well um the idea being that in terms of mourning those who have have died uh part of that uh grieving uh expression in some cultures around israel involve the idea of cutting and and bleeding and that kind of thing now the injunctions given against this to israel are again part of that covenant that God made with them to separate them from the nations, to make them his own special people. And part of that meant not doing the things that the world outside did. And in their case, that spoke the idea of cutting. Now, because of the way that marking is connected with this as well, it seems to be also connected with the idea of being an activity done for the dead. Now, I would say, though, that we don't know that with certainty, if it's necessarily connected like cutting is. Uh, and we also do know that cutting and marking also were uh, were ex- uh, expressions of other kinds of things in Old Testament times, and and even today. Um, cutting, for example, as one uh, uh, one uh, very uh, well known example is when Elijah in First uh, Kings uh, was it eighteen or nineteen? I'll, I'll make sure I get the reference on here. But in First Kings eighteen and, or nineteen. When Elijah squares off against the four hundred and fifty prophets of Baal, part of the, the the followers of Baal, the prophets of Baal, part of the way they called out to Baal in that standoff in that episode was that they would scream out and they would cut themselves, as was their practice. It said, uh, as they were calling out to Baal to uh, to act on their behalf in that 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 uh, situation. Um, uh, so we know cutting as as a means of of calling out or even you might argue worship in their sense. Uh, was another way that uh, another means through which that activity found expression. Uh, well, markings also had that kind of connotation. Oftentimes, uh, the pagans or the, uh, the the nations outside of Israel would mark their bodies with various markings signifying the deities they worshipped. Or they would mark themselves for the dead with some kind of a memorial kind of a thing. And God spoke against that kind of thing. But, but, but it, it does always seem to be associated with the idea of mourning the dead or even false forms of worship. Um, so does, does that mean that it carries over into the New Testament era or into the modern day uh, as being prohibited in the same way? as it speaking to the same thing? Well, let me throw another thing in here too, uh, and we've been talking about this kind of thing uh, recently on the podcast, but also on Sunday mornings in our study in Galatians, uh, we have been talking a bit about um, the place of the law uh, in light of of the finished work of Christ. Now, a couple of things to remember when we look at Leviticus: it is in the Old Testament, and particularly in the Law, uh, which of course is part of the Old Covenant. With the Law, the Prophets, and the Writings this was This was part of God's covenant to his chosen people, Israel, and so to start with these prescriptions all have to do with Israel, not with Gentiles or the church, unless as a Gentile back in those days, uh like in isaiah fifty six there's mention of the foreigner coming and and attaching themselves to the Lord and basically following after uh um, elements of the law of Moses and that kind of thing as an evidence of their becoming proselytes followers. Uh, of the God of Israel. So if you were a Gentile and you wanted to attach yourself to the God of Israel, you could become a proselyte. And so therefore the law of Moses would apply to you. However, in the New Testament, we find that the law uh, had a very specific purpose that found its fulfillment in the finished work of Christ. Uh, Passages like Acts 15 in the first council of the church where they debated this issue. Well, if the Gentiles are coming to faith and receiving the Holy Spirit, just like we Jews did without going through Moses— then what happens to the law of Moses? And so in that council, it was determined that the law of Moses had accomplished its purpose, and now we were not going to put um, the Gentiles or even the Jews, for that matter, going forward under the law. Paul makes this argument in Galatians chapter 3. Um uh, Romans chapter 3 talks about the idea of a righteousness apart from the law that is testified to both by the law and the prophets. So the idea here was that the, the uh, just combining these concepts, but I'm going to sort of quote from Galatians 3, the idea that the law was a schoolmaster to keep us walking between the lines until the Redeemer came. But now that he has come, and ultimately our belief in him by faith. Now that faith has come, we're no longer under tutor. In other words, we are no longer under that which was to lead us to Christ. Uh, now that, of course, is an argument for the Jews to uh, lay hold of, because it, he, he's speaking in their terms, their understanding. The Gentiles, on the other hand, were never under the law to begin with, as testified to by the fact that it was by faith that they received the Holy Spirit in Acts, uh, in Acts chapter 10. And um, so that whole thing is is a pretty gigantic discussion in itself. But if we're going to point to, um, you know, like Leviticus 1928 and say, well, we're under that law, well, we have a bit of a problem theologically uh, in terms of agreeing with the apostles and the first council of the church and, and all those things. Um, but also, too, we should know that if we're going to put ourselves under any part of the law, then we need to recognize that we're actually under the whole law. And so, you know, that leads us to recognize that, well— Like, um, um, you know, like Peter said in Acts 15, it's like, why are we going to put that bondage that we ourselves couldn't live up to? Why are we going to put that on the Gentiles? So there's a lot of argument as to the idea of the law having come to an end. Uh, It served its purpose. It was not destroyed, but rather it was fulfilled in Christ as Jesus himself said he came to do. So uh, that being said, uh, are we under that in the first place? No, we're not. We're not under that instruction. If it even has to do with, with tattooing like we think of it today. Now, even though the prescription, at this point, I'll just sort of make the assertion. um, If in fact, the prescription does not apply to us, does that mean that there's maybe not something in principle that we ought to consider when we get into this discussion? To that, I would say, yes, we should consider in principle, a couple of things when it comes to the idea of whether or not we should get a tattoo. Um, now, for this, by the way, I'll encourage you to look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, we'll look at uh, verses 19 and 20, but it's important to recognize that verse 18 tells us that the context of these words from Paul are very specifically in regard to sexual immorality, flee it, because after all, as it says in verse 19, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you are bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, not God's plural, but God's possessive. In other words, our body belongs to God, right? And our spirit belongs to God, right? Um... So therefore, since we belong to him, this body and my attitudes, mindsets, my spirit, right? That, that which is seeking to honor him, that which is me inside of this flesh and all that, I belong to him entirely. So therefore, the question of do I get a tattoo or not is not mine alone to answer, but also it belongs to God to, to play a part in answering that question. Um, and on top of that, the part of what goes along with that is that we are the temple of God and therefore I will glorify God with my body. In other words, this body of flesh itself is an instrument through which I can glorify God. So with that in mind, there are some principles that should be brought to bear on the question of, is it okay for me to get a tattoo, or is it sinful? I would argue that the idea, based on everything we've said so far about the law and all that kind of thing, um, and of course, the New Testament talks about the liberty we have in Christ, the freedom we have in Christ and, and such, and and, and and all that goes with that. The idea of getting ink on your body, a tattoo, in and of itself, we're not even talking about what it is yet, uh, which we will talk about in, in just a second, but is it wrong to get a tattoo? Um, No. There does not seem to clearly be a biblical injunction against getting a tattoo. Unless, and here's now where we have to, we can't answer that question completely without addressing what kind of a tattoo we're talking about. Um, because some tattoos would be wrong, would be an offense to God, would be therefore sinful. Um, and th- these this should go without saying. But if you're thinking of getting a tattoo that is in some way an offense to God or um or or represents something that is clearly uh against what the Lord has said in his word or violates you know um uh you know or pre- maybe presents is a better way to put it presents something uh sexually immoral or suggestive or is profanity or uh, or something that is clearly spoken of in scripture, uh, against in scripture, then clearly you shouldn't get that tattoo, right? I mean, that that should go without saying, um, you know, on the other hand, is it wrong to get a Bible verse tattooed on your arm or your leg or something? Is it wrong to, uh, you know, I don't know, a lion and lamb tattoo or something, you know? Uh, maybe there's a favorite uh, life verse that came that the Lord just really impressed on your heart when you're going through a hard time or something, and it's just a great reminder to look down on your wrist and you see this, you know, passage or something. Um, is that sinful by definition? No, I don't think it is. But, but here's where I would now begin to, in my view, really answer the question: We're not under the law; we are under grace. But part of of being a believer means that I want to glorify God with my spirit and with my body. In other words, I want to please God from the inside out, whether it shows up on my skin in a tattoo or whether it's an attitude that underlies the motivation for that tattoo. Uh, I want to glorify God first and foremost. What brings me the greatest joy, and this is what ought to be true, is that I want to please God. That's what I want most. Uh, I don't, I want that more than I want to be seen a certain way. I want that more than I want, uh, anything else. And so if that's, if that is true and that should be true of all believers, then that has to provide the motivation as to whether or not I get a tattoo. And if I do what that is, um, for example, what I mean by that is this. Um, if you are, you know, or what's the reason you're thinking of getting a tattoo? Is it because you just want to show the world what a nonconformist you are? Is it because your parents don't want you to get one and you just want to get one because that's you're young and that's what kids do? Or um, you know, is it or even is something that's seemingly innocuous, like everybody on the football team is getting this tattoo of a heart with a sword through it or something, whatever it might be, you know, who knows? But And so it's just part of belonging, but the symbol itself is maybe becoming a bit of an idol. Like I am like this, this attachment with the team or this attachment with the band or this attachment with the, um, you know, the, uh, the, whatever I'm doing is, has sort of become like a God to me. It's the thing I live for. And maybe that's begun to supplant God on the throne of my heart. Well, if those are the motivations behind it, then I would say hold off and bring that to the Lord first and ask Him, like, okay, just bring your heart before Him and be like, Lord, are my motivations pure here? Or is there something that's on the throne that shouldn't be? You know? Um, sometimes those things can be very subtle. And all of a sudden, we don't realize it until down the road once this thing's on my arm or whatever, you know? Uh, suddenly now it's like every time this thing is seen, I'm reminded of, oh, this was done at a really rebellious time in my life. And I, boy, if I could do that again, I wouldn't, because I realize now it's, you know, it's kind of like the passage, you know, it's like if, uh, you know, if your conscience tells you it's sin, even though you might have liberty in Christ to do it, but if your conscience sort of is fighting against you on this, then to you it is sin, right? The idea is that it's it's something that you know really isn't right for you, but you're doing it anyway. Um, so I just I would say this: I would first off I would never get one casually, just you know, on a whim, because that's you know again that's pretty permanent unless you go through steps to get it removed or something. Um, but I think from a again as a believer, if my desire is first and foremost to to honor the Lord and to uh, let my body and my spirit fully be his to 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 do with and direct as he pleases and to glorify him. I want him to be glorified in my inner attitudes and my outward expressions, uh, whether on my body or spoken out of my mouth or whatever. Um, When that's my motivation, then I'm I'm particularly careful about what it is that I do or say that might bring shame to him or something. Again, I don't think that getting a tattoo is in itself sin or immoral, or would necessarily be dishonoring to God, depending on what it is. But even beyond what it is, the motivation behind it becomes important too. Why are you doing this? What is the motivation behind it? If you have a completely clear conscience, you're not just convincing yourself you have a clear conscience, but you literally have prayed about it, thought about it, and, you know... um you haven't seen something in Scripture, I don't think there is something in Scripture that necessarily says no, but there's also nothing that says, yeah, go do it either. So it's kind of one of those areas that the Bible doesn't give you an exact answer on. So it's left to your convictions. You are hopefully biblically-based, prayer-bathed convictions, and decide based on that. And so um, long and short of it, I don't think you can make an argument soundly from Scripture that it's that it's uh, sinful to get a tattoo, unless of course, in your conscience, you know, you, you understand that maybe there's a motivation that's askew or something like that. Um, so I, I will leave it there. I won't encourage you to get one or not to get one, but rather instead to sort of delve into your relationship with the Lord. And, uh, I, the only thing I would say is hold off until you've done that, until you've spent that time with the Lord, um, you know, better not to do that and regret it later than to just hold off a little bit until, you know, if you, really believe you're doing the right thing. So um, anyway, search the Scriptures, bring it to the Lord in prayer, look at the passages in context, understand what's being said, like in Leviticus 19, which again, I think is about the only real passage that has to do uh, even specifically with uh, the idea of tattooing. And and my own looking into the passage, uh, the Hebrew word with tattooing, I don't think is as simple as, as like inking like we think of it today. It does seem to be connected um, with, and there's some debate about some of the underlying, what is meant by that term tattooing. Is it just ink or is it other kinds of markings too? And, and such. And so anyway, that not that that's necessarily weighs in on this discussion too heavily, but, um, but anyway, there you go. Just some thoughts I wanted to share, but I would say this, uh, the most important thing you can do with your life is cultivate your relationship with God where the last thing in the world you'd ever want to do is something that you thought might bring him offense or might misrepresent him to people around you. Um, Because if you love him more than you love anything else, then that has to feed into all of your decisions, not just tattoos, but anything at all. Uh, And so that I think is, is the place we all wanna start when it comes to making any decisions. So once you do that, then make your choice with a clear conscience. But Father, we thank you and we praise you for this question and others that are on people's minds that from time to time we get a chance to, to look at what your word has to say. We do pray that we would allow your word uh, to be our guide in understanding these things. And we do pray that at the end of it, um, uh, our deepest desire would be to bless you and to be a blessing to you and to represent you in a way that brings others to, to see you clearly and 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 know you and ultimately fall in love with you and follow you. So Lord, we just thank you and praise you and and pray that you would give us biblically rooted convictions, that our motivations would be much more about what we can do to bless you and serve you and honor you than it is about just not doing something because we're afraid we're not, but rather to, to, um, you know, because we, we, we live by grace to let that be the undercurrent and the fuel that, um, that ultimately informs all of our decisions. Our deepest desire would be to just bless you and please you and, and, uh, and to make your name great in the in the eyes of those around us. So thank you, Father. And we uh, pray that this has been somewhat insightful. Pray that your Holy Spirit would take hold of this and, and answer this question not only for Chris, but ultimately for any others who are, are are questioning this or any other similar kind of thing. So thank you, Father. We love you and praise you, and just commit this to you like we do all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you have any questions or comments or anything, as always, I encourage you to go ahead and leave them on our YouTube channel in the comments section. Or if you want to email them, you can do that at info at calvarychapelfranklin.com. We'll be glad to try and answer as many of these as we can along the way. But I certainly appreciate you asking. Thanks, Chris, for your question. So God bless you. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make His face to shine upon you, May he be gracious to you, and give you peace forever. Amen.